Welcome to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. This is the place where you'll learn cutting-edge personal brand strategies from today's most recognizable influencers. We're going to teach you how to build a rock-solid reputation and then how to turn that reputation into revenue. I'm your lead host, Rory Vaden, co-founder of Brand Builders Group, Hall of Fame speaker, and New York Times bestselling author of Take the Stairs. I am so looking forward to this conversation with a friend of mine and AJ's for years. His name is Ian Koniak, and he's one of the best salespeople that we have ever come across. Actually, AJ met him first before I did, and they became friends. He was a sales training client of ours at our former life, at our former company, and he had us doing some work with him, him, his team. He was one of the top salespeople nationwide for a company called Rico, which does like selling copiers and, you know, sort of business office products and things like that. And then he left and went to Salesforce, big CRM Salesforce. And he was the number one enterprise account executive at Salesforce in the world. So he's been a sales manager. He has been a top salesperson. And then we started working with him again as a client here recently at Brand Builders Group a couple of years ago. We want to hear a little bit about that story when Ian finally left sales and started his journey as an entrepreneur now in sales coaching, which is something that we don't provide at Brand Builders Group, like per se, is like classic sales coaching like we once did. And so anyways, I wanted to have Ian on for you to meet him and teach us some tips and tools for how we can sell more in our businesses. So Ian. Welcome to the show, brother. It's been a long time coming. Rory, it's so good to be here. And I just want to say thank you for enrolling me in 2019. I, I joined Brand Builders in April. You were just starting out. And since then, it's been over three years. And I've quit my job. I'm a full-time solopreneur. And now I get the privilege of helping people learn to sell in a way that has high integrity and purpose and connected to what they want most. And it really is because of you know, a big part of it is because of following the playbook of Brand Builders Group and the work we've done. I've been working with your, you, you, and your your partners for for over three years now, and you're doing great work. So it's great to connect as a guest and and a testimony to to the work we've done together. Man, that's awesome! Like, what is your business doing this year? Because it's like, so when you first started working with us, you you had a job, so you were making a bunch of money because you were a top. We're going to talk about that in a second. Just on that note for a second, how has your business evolved and like give us a sense of the scope of the business that you're up to now 3 years into it. Yeah, so so at first it was really about like who do I want to serve? What what is my brand positioning statement? Who are who are my ICP? What what am I going to do? And it was really about creating that audience. So I, I spent the better part of 2019-2020 really just kind of figuring it out and doing a side hustle, if you will, coaching. I wasn't ready to walk away from a seven-figure income per se in, in sales. And I'm supporting my family and a couple kids. I'm the, the breadwinner for my for my household. And so yeah. I was very nervous. And I, I remember you, you said to me, you said, just go for it, Ian. You're going to be fine. And I, I just wasn't ready to just go all in yet. <laughs> so the first two years is really about building an audience and kind of proving out the model. I was doing private coaching. And then I decided to deploy the same program, which Brand Builders taught, which is having three levels of membership. So I deployed a one-year membership model where um, I call it bronze, silver, and gold coaching through my platform, which is untap your sales potential. 
And through that, the gold is private coaching with me, the silver is group coaching, and, and the bronze is online coaching and online access. So I built an amazing portal with all kinds of training modules. I meet with a mastermind every week where we have live events and group calls, and I do private coaching for my most exclusive clients that want to work with me one-on-one. Um, just to give you some numbers, the business already has surpassed seven figures, and we are just in October right now for my first full year as a solo. Wow. Yeah, it's doing. It's going great. I got I got seventy paying clients, twenty in gold, fifty in silver, and I haven't even launched the bronze yet. So this is all. Yeah, it's all happening very quickly, and it's very exciting for me. Man, that's amazing. So seven figures in your first full year. Well, that's awesome. So, well, thank you for that. Thanks for sharing that. If you're listening and you're a client of of brand builders, you know we teach the content diamond, which is like our social media strategy where we talk about answer one question every week on social media, on video, just five to seven minutes and just do it over and over and over. And we always tell people like, if you'll just do this, if you just buy into this and you just follow the process, like Mm -hmm. it will work. It never doesn't work. It always works. It's just a question of when. And you started posting videos on LinkedIn in 2019. And I remember you're getting eight views and six views and you did that relentlessly. And I don't know how many views your videos are getting now, but I saw that you recently were ranked as like the number one LinkedIn sales star by Sales Success Media. And you've just been doing that one thing relentlessly. Yeah, content marketing. And how many views are you getting now on those videos? I'm averaging per post 30,000 views per post. Oh my gosh. That's and I'm, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I looked at that analytics with my social media, my LinkedIn. I have a LinkedIn strategist that I work with specifically for that platform now. And we were looking at some of the, the data yesterday and it's averaging, yeah, just under 30,000 views per post. I've had several posts go viral. I've had one a few weeks ago get a million and a half views. Uh, wow. and, and here's, here's the remarkable thing, Rory, is I've, I had a consistent strategy. I did follow the content diamond and and specifically I did one post a week. I made a video and then I had that go to a blog, newsletter, LinkedIn, and that, that, and YouTube, right? So the YouTube channel is several thousand, you know, subscribers, but LinkedIn's really been the source of traffic. Well, the goal was really to build the audience. In the beginning, it was like, okay, just stay consistent, stay consistent, gradually built up. And what happened is for anyone who's thinking of building a brand and has like their own business still that they're, you know, employed at corporate or whatever, I would say start the audience building now. Cause when I was finally ready to launch my Mm. platform, it was in May of 2022. So I'd been building my brand for three years up, up to that point since joining brand builders. And when I launched my private coaching, the gold coaching sold out in two days, all spots. Uh, and then the silver sold 50 seats. So I, I had over a half a million dollar launch as a result of building this audience. So people say it's like the tip of the iceberg. You're only seeing the tip, but what was beneath it in this case was consistent content posting every single week for three years prior to that launch. And when you find that a product, you've established that reputation, you establish trust. Here's the best part. I don't know a single person in the world who's done this. If you know someone, please tell me. But the launch occurred without any sales calls. So everyone spent either $6,000 or $12,000 online and paying via credit wow. card with no sales team. So that's that's really what I was most proud of is the fact that there had been so much trust established that people were going to pay $12,000 without even talking to me or having a salesperson to talk to about the program. So it really does work when you're consistent and when you're answering the right questions and solving the right problems that people actually face and care about. 
Yeah, I love that, man. And and so it was once, so you did it once a week for three years. So like 150 videos. And then by the time you were ready to like make the jump and do this, you sold half a million bucks in the first launch. Yeah, that's right. And and, and the other thing I started doing is I, I actually hired somebody in 2022. I think it was probably February-ish. Been working with him six or seven months. And he took my top performing videos and my top performing content. And he, think of him as a ghostwriter, but he repurposes and rewrites some of the stuff. It's almost, it almost sounds like me. So he helps me. So now I've gotten to the point where I do probably two or three original posts, one video and a couple texts, some, sometimes some pictures on LinkedIn per week, and then he'll fill in the gaps. So I'm actually posting seven days a week now. So my content volume has gone up to daily on LinkedIn. And I've seen a dramatic increase in traffic from when I posted once a week to when I'm doing posting daily now. So my my followers is up to 30,000 on LinkedIn. And the views, the engagement is is really high as well. So it's been it's been really interesting to see how well you can scale if you find someone who writes like you, who can analyze the data, who can repurpose what's yeah. relevant. It's almost like he he's my voice, right? So well, that, yeah, that's the that's part of the content diamond is get the videos transcribed and send them to a writer and then and then have them repurpose the content. Like, I mean, it's just awesome, Ian, because you know I've known you for so long. You've always been super successful in business. Like, but to actually see you doing it and go, oh man, what we teach works. Like it, it actually works. Oh my gosh, like if you do it, it works. Like it really, it really, really fills me up. So so I do want to talk about sales specific because brother, you have crushed it. I mean, now, even now in your own business, you're still selling and, you know, using your personal brand to do some of that. But like you were number one at Rico, like you were one of the number one, like directors of, of sales. I remember that. And you had 70 account executives underneath you. That was about the time we met. Then you became number one at Salesforce. What is it about what you do? Do you think that has made you a number one salesperson versus you know, all the sales managers, the salespeople you've managed, other salespeople that have been on teams, you know, people you've met in, in the industry, like what makes you a number one or what makes a number one salesperson? Yeah, I love the question. And for anyone, I don't know if you have links, but I'm I'm happy to share. I put together an ebook or it's really like an infographic on the top 10 traits of elite sales performers, the top kind of, you know, 1% of sales performers. And I've studied a lot and I've partner with them. Let's, and, and let's do this. I do want people to get it. So if you go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash Ian Cognac. So go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash Ian Cognac. We'll put, we'll put a link here to what you're talking about, Ian. So cool. in his last name's K-O-N-I-A-K. So I'll, I'll get you that link. But fu- fu- fundamentally, for me personally, I, I get to ask this question a lot. I think, I think one of the things which I tend to, to do really well is I have a firm, it's energy, right? Sales is a transfer of energy from one person to another. So for me, I genuinely have a lot of energy in that it's contagious, it's infectious. And I hear that a lot from clients. I asked someone why they bought from me for a corporate client. And they said, it was your energy. We we thought the sales team needed more energy and we knew you brought that to the table. Now, again, is that repeatable? Is it reusable? No, that's a personal thing. So I'd say for anyone who wants to improve their energy, right? You need to Think about how you can actually help your 
clients and believe in the product or service you provide, right? The reason, Roy, you do really well at selling, even though you may not consider yourself a salesperson, you're an amazing salesperson, is because you believe you can help anyone who joins your program and follows the steps that you teach. And because of that belief, your conviction, your energy when you're talking to prospects is going to be extremely high. So if you want to improve your energy, it starts with strengthening your own belief and, and how do you do that? Well, you need to talk to customers. You need to see the results they're getting. If, mm. if you're brand new to a company, find out who your top customers are, interview them, and really learn about what their before state was and what their after state and how you help them. Once you know you can help people fundamentally, once you know that you can truly improve their lives or improve their company's performance, you are going to feel more energized, more, more passionate, and, and become a better salesperson. So I think it starts with belief which then transfers to energy, which then transfers to how you engage with your clients. So that would be probably my number one. I mean, one. it's funny how you say that. Like, I literally just experienced that in the opening of this interview. Like, because you're a past customer also, like hearing you go, yeah, I went from zero to seven figures in less than three years. And really in my first full business year, right. I'm getting 30,000 views. Like following this process, I'm going, gosh, it works. Like this stuff... It's so convicting. Like we're going to raise all our prices after this. In fact, is what we're going to do to. because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, it's just, it's so invigorating. I think honestly, honestly, sometimes salespeople are a little bit afraid to talk to their past customers because they're like, uh, you know, like, did it work? Was it good? Like, did they have a good experience? And but you, when you see that actual transformation, you just get so convicted on it. Yeah. So I, I just did, I started my program in May. So I just did a pulse survey for Q1 for all 70 members. And I asked them specifically, you know, what do you think this program is worth it? What value have you gotten? How has this helped you in your personal life? How has it helped you in your professional life? Right. So I'm capturing not only feedback so I can continue to improve the program, but I'm actually capturing success stories that I can use for marketing, for future launches. But the, the real value is like hearing these stories, hearing people, hey, I'm spending more time with my family. I'm not burning myself out. I'm selling more than ever. And I'm also able to play with my kids. Like, cause, cause I don't just teach sales. I teach, you know, a lot of like mindset and habits and balance. And, you know, I, I, I practice my faith. I have family. I have other values that, you know, my story and, you know, my struggles with addiction. And I had to overcome a lot of personal challenges that I incorporate yeah. into what I teach. Because ultimately, if you're successful in one area, you're making a lot of money, but you actually don't have time or presence to be with your family, or you're not actually happy, then how is that successful, right? So for me, it really is more than that. And, and I think it genuinely that that's what attracts a lot of clients is they want that balance. They want that true success, not just in how to sell more, but actually how to do it in a way that is high integrity, where it's not sacrificing what's most important to them, whether it's their time, their family, their health. So I think knowing your uniqueness in positioning your service so that you can be your true authentic self, rather than just teaching a piece of content is also a big part of what I do and how I've been able to really, really grow my my own business very, very, very quickly. Well, when you say talking to your past clients, like that's so huge, like just because you get the stories. I mean, we did the Trends in Personal Branding National Research Study earlier this year when we released it. And it's we asked the average American citizen, what's the most influential factor that contributes to you making a decision? And we said, oh, the person is a Wall Street Journal bestselling author or a New York Times bestselling author. They have a large social media presence or da, 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 da. None of those were number one, not even close. The number one thing was they said they have customer testimonials on their website. Mm. 
Mm. That was the number one thing. It's like it makes mm. people believe that if other people are saying this is good, it's it's the single most powerful thing. And you just don't get it if you don't talk, you don't call your past clients. Like if you don't talk to them or you don't survey them, you don't, you don't get that feedback. So when you think of account executive and help me understand that term a little bit, because at Salesforce, you were doing truly like enterprise sales. You're selling to like large companies. Some of our some of our personal brands do that, right? They sell corporate training and they sell them to like big Fortune 100 companies. A lot of our listeners of the show and are more like small business entrepreneurs that that sell more like business to consumer. So help us understand what does account executive mean? And then I know at Rico that wasn't really like enterprise sales; that was more like B two B sales. But sort of give us the landscape of the different types of sales. And and then what I'm specifically looking for is what can someone selling their personal brand learn from someone who has been selling enterprise accounts and like what's the transferable skill set because you've you've now straddled all these worlds at rico you were b2b at at salesforce you were enterprise sales and now you're a small business like solopreneur selling b2c to individuals so you've done it in all all three which is very rare yeah, yeah, it's it's such a good question. So I think I think if I can just pan out and give you kind of the the landscape of sales. A lot of people think sales and they think like B2C, right? And, and the big influencers out there on Instagram whatever. That is not what what I did for 19 years. I did specifically B2B. And in B2B there's really two segments Which is of business sales. to business, y'all. If you're not familiar with the term, B2B is business to business, B2C is business to consumer. Yeah, and for anyone who wants to know how this relates to people who have their own personal brand or entrepreneurs. If you are selling to a company, you're selling your training, your coaching, your portal, your services to a company, listen up because that's business to business. Okay. There's a lot of universal principles to that apply to all three, but I'm going to kind of give you a a quick school in in, in kind of what the differences are. So there's two types of B2B sales. There's strategic sales or enterprise sales, and there's transactional sales. So think of B2B transactional as I'm selling copiers, I'm selling paper products, I'm selling uh, janitorial services, I'm selling something computers. It's a commodity, right? Short sales cycles, generally price is going to be very important and it's going to be high volume, okay? High volume, high activity, kind of grind it out, do the activity, then you build the pipeline, then you get the sales. So it's it's kind of like anyone can go into that job. And if you're a hard worker, and if you just do what you're told, and you basically stick to the, the numbers, it's very metrics driven, you're probably going to be successful selling a commodity. Now, typically, that range, you see people maybe go from like $100,000 to $200,000 a year, right? And, and top earners might make two two fifty. But in general, you're not getting paid because it's an easier sale. It's transactional, it's high volume, and there's not a lot of differentiation between providers because it's commoditized. Enterprise selling, B2B enterprise or B2B software. If you think of companies like Workday or Salesforce or Microsoft or Oracle or any of these IBM big companies selling software. These are much higher volume sales. So these sales oftentimes are several hundred thousand dollars, or in my case, several million dollars. Now, if company's going to spend two, three, four million dollars a year with you, you better believe there's going to be multiple decision makers. It's going to be a longer sales cycle. You're going to have more stages in a sales cycle where you have discovery and demonstration and actually you have to do a business case. Maybe it has to go to a board. 
So think of Rico as transactional for 10 years and then me going to Salesforce to sell enterprise for nine years. So I had to go from this transactional hustler, grind it out, hard work, do the activity selling rep to a strategic selling rep. And the skills are not the same. The skills of an enterprise seller selling software, you need to be able to get to senior executives in a company, not office managers or lower levels, but senior executives who are responsible for making those big decisions, right? So how to access the C-suite, that's a skill. Another skill is how to put together a business case and an ROI so that CFOs can justify this type of investment. Another skill is what's called multi-threading. On average, there's seven decision makers in the enterprise selling space. It's not one person. Mm. It's the legal team, the IT team, the security team. What do you call it? Multi-threading? Multi-threading. Okay. So just just for the sake, I don't want to get too technical, but for the sake of the different sales cycles, they're very different. A strategic person needs more organizational skills, time management skills, project management. They are not hard closing because again, there's so many different decision makers and it's a longer sales cycle. So they need to build partnership and relationships with clients. That's primarily what I teach in my coaching programs is how to do this B2B software strategic selling. And the upside of this is when you're doing this well, you make north of seven figures. This is the elite, the NFL MVP, the highest paying sales job in any business to business sales is selling software. Okay. So if you want to, if you're thinking of your business to business and you want to make as much money as you can selling software, you can make seven figures a year as a individual W2 employee, which is unheard of. I never knew this was possible. I've done it a couple of times at Salesforce. Okay. So that's the second segment of sales. The third segment is B2C. This is when you're selling direct to consumers. So think of a real estate agent or Rory selling me the program of joining Brand Builders Group. This is what I sell now. I sell individuals that are joining my programs. I also sell B2B because sometimes I do company trainings to go out and actually train sales teams. So I'm doing both B2C and B2B right now. As an individual B2C sellers, the cycles are going to be much shorter. Okay. It's also going to be Typically, you're dealing with one decision maker. Maybe they need to talk to their spouse, but it's a much, it's one or two sales calls, right? Whereas the B2B could be 20 or 30, right? So again, these are six to nine month sales cycles in some cases. So it, it really is about getting to value very quickly, but there are some common elements of all three segments, which are critical to success. And the reason I was successful in all three is I took those same elements Mm. of what makes people successful and I applied them to all three of those segments. So I hope that clarifies things for anyone, like, because sales is not just sales, right? That's huge to just just understand that landscape and the different types of skill sets. There's so many preconceived notions that people have about salespeople. And it's like, they're usually thinking of one type, not all. It's like, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that salespeople are some of the highest paid people in the world. I mean, that in, in our organization, the highest paid people are the salespeople, like, because if out sales, you don't, you don't have anything. So, so now thinking about personal brands and, and, you know, just like you, like I said, a bit, a part of our audience, because when we sell keynotes, right, keynote speaking is a B2B sales model. We're selling to companies. They're multiple decision makers. It's a longer sales process. People are, you know, there's a there's usually a, a event planning committee, you know, yeah. or speaker selection committee. That's a B2B sale. In our former life, we sold consulting, we sold training. That's B2B. So there's a lot of personal brands that sell B2B. There's not that many personal brands that sell enterprise where you're selling something that is, 
you know, 5,000 seats at a time. There's a couple, the train the trainer model, which is like what Franklin Covey did, where that model is more of like where you're shipping kits, which I don't know if you've ever stumbled across anyone as a personal brands that do this. You you could end up being in this space one day, Ian, where it's basically just like you you create a kit, right, on your methodology, and then you're selling it to United Healthcare to their HR department, and then you certify people internally, and then yeah. they buy five thousand kits, and you're shipping you're shipping kits like that's what kind of Franklin Covey model is. Hi, it's AJ Vaden, and thanks for listening to the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. Did you know that the ideas we share on the show are things we actually specialize in helping you implement? If you want to raise your public profile and turn your reputation into revenue, please visit freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for a free brand strategy call with one of our personal brand strategists. Again, that's freecall.brandbuildersgroup.com to sign up for your free call. Talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. And there are people, Grant Cardone, I think, I, I can't quote the numbers, but... Yeah, he does some he of He does Cardone enterprise. University Cardone and sells University. Company, companies where all their sales team have seats. And I think that business, I mean, it's definitely eight figures, but I heard something around like 40, 50 million just for that specific um, line of, of Cardone University. And that's B2B. He's got a whole sales team. So it absolutely, if you're a personal brand, if I wanted to scale up and take my program and then sell it to Salesforce, for example, where they have 20,000 users and then they go through my program, I could do that. It's not something I'm choosing to do, but it's absolutely relevant to personal branding space. If you have programs that have you know audiences in those companies that you can sell seats to, for example. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's a whole nother thing in and of itself of going, you know, when you think about the vision of how big a personal brand could be, Grant Cardone is selling B to C, getting people to buy tickets to come to GrowthCon or whatever. Yep. And he's selling B2B, like they've got trainers going out to companies doing stuff. And then he's selling enterprise Cardone University, like buy a thousand seats in this, in this virtual, like there's a big, there's a big world here of how personal brands can become you know, multi eight figure and, and all of that. So I want to talk about referrals and lead generation specifically, because mm-hmm. what we find Ian is that that's the number one thing that small business owners and like new entrepreneurs and new personal brands struggle with is they don't have enough leads. A lot of times once they get into the conversation, right, they're talking with someone, they do a decent job because they are convicted on their product. Many times at Brand Builders Group, you know, we say, as you know, we serve mission-driven messengers. So these are people that have like dedicated their life to their expertise. They believe in it. It's almost like they're a bleeding heart where they would give it away for free because they just love it. What they have a harder time doing is creating sales conversations and meeting new people. So what tips do you have in the way of lead generation, referrals? How do I get, I mean, obviously content marketing, which is a big part of what we do, what what your story is recently, but like you weren't doing content marketing at Salesforce. You weren't doing content marketing at Rico, yet you were still generating new business like crazy. So Let's not allow content marketing to be part of the answer. How do you generate how do you generate leads? I mean, genuinely, you can do it in a number of ways. I think in in B2C specifically, 
what I do is I go on podcasts like this. I, I It's part of my strategy. So I'll go to a lot of podcasts and people will hear me. So I identified like the top podcasts that are in the sales specific B2B sales space. And I reached out to the podcasters. I actually hired an agent to help me get booked on this. And I, I probably do at least two or three podcasts a month. And I get a lot of leads coming in through through that. I think another channel is is just referrals. I set up, I didn't even set this up yet, but I have a lot of people in their programs um, that are coaching with me right now, tell their friends about it. So I'll just have people reach out and say, my friends in the program is getting a lot of value. Because again, if you're, if your people that are joining you are, are getting success, they're going to talk about it. They're going to talk about coaching. And so what I typically will do is I will you know, I won't even ask for referrals. They're coming organically, but I'll ask people to share their success stories. And part of my 2.0 launch is to set up kind of what you did um, with with BBG. I, I have referred a ton of people to, to BBG over, over the years, um, but I want to have that same affiliate structure where if people have had results, they can refer their friends. So now you have 70 salespeople versus, you know, this, this mm-hmm. you know, me trying to sell myself. That's part of my no-call you know, sales approach. So I think getting the current um, customers to sell on your behalf and putting some skin in the game is a, is a huge one for them. And then again- and Just so y'all know, what Ian's referencing is we actually pay our customers lifetime referral fees when they when they introduce someone to us and so it's like we we have never run a paid ad and and i want to i'm trying to but like we've been generating so much demand that we haven't been able to scale our team fast enough to keep up with the demand coming from the word of mouth referrals because we pay people to do it too so they actually make some of our clients make a lot of money i mean we have clients that make six figures a year just in referral fees so yeah, yeah, and it's coming. I, I've been building up now where I'm seeing I'm seeing the impact. And <laughs> I get the get the get the bill.com payment. Oh, from us. Yeah, we yeah, send you from, money every month. Guys. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because I believe in it. And that's the thing. Like if I believe the program works and I'm a and I'm I've experienced firsthand, I'm gonna be your best salesperson there is. There's no better salesperson. So really capturing the results and then putting a structure together where you have an affiliate program. And if you are a personal brand, you can do this through like Kajabi's got a tool for it. And all the, you know, the ma- major CRMs have, have ways to set that up pretty easily to link, you know, attribution to, to the referrals here. But, but honestly, even what I, even when I hear you saying is even if you can't do affiliate links, just get your customers to share their story. Like that's what it's really about. Yes. Yes. Get them I, results and then let them share their story. They're texting. Every time they text you and say, I got this, capture it, right? And save mm. it. So you can keep those text messages. Every time you get a voice note, every time anyone shares a success story or a win, capture that. That's going to be your asset library on your website, on mm. you know any sales calls you want to use. If you ever do a deck or a pitch deck or anything, you can share that. It's just something I've done since the very beginning, and it's been absolutely huge. In, in, in if you go to my LinkedIn profile, you'll see over a hundred referrals, and it's literally stories. I when someone finishes my program, I say, "If did you have a good experience? Yes. Well, can you leave a referral on LinkedIn?" Fortunately, I haven't had anyone that's had a bad experience. Oh, a recommendation, you mean? Yeah, yeah, a recommendation. They on go LinkedIn. write a public thing on your LinkedIn. Yeah, that's yeah. another great one. Like the whole world can see it right there. And, and I'll just point people, if they have doubts or hey, go read the recommendations. Like I don't want, here's the thing, in order to be the common thread, I want to give you some tips on what makes a great seller across all the space. So if you sell B2C, B2B, keynotes, whatever, it doesn't really matter. 
the, the common thread here, here's something really important that I want everyone to, to think about is the best sellers are not attached to outcomes. Okay. And it's contrary to what may, may mm. many people believe when they have quota goals or revenue goals. But if you're focusing on your own outcomes, you're going to be inward focused where you and your goals are more important than your customer's goals. You see, the best sales reps are actually invested in truly wanting to help their clients. So when they show up to a sales call or interaction, they really want to understand, does this client need my help? Where do they struggle? What problems do they have? And am I a good fit to solve those problems? And if the answer is yes, asking for money and getting them to enroll is going to be the easiest part. So in a sales call, I'll spend in a 30-minute sales call, 20 or 25 minutes really just understanding their world, their situation, where their struggle, what is the impact that these problems are having on their life, on their family, on their income. I literally will have people crying. It happens almost every time where you really get them to open up and say, I'm not where I not want to be. I'm not providing for my family. I'm not achieving the goals that I set out to. I'm sick and tired of this. And I'm like, yes, you're ready, right? So it's, it's the same concept in B2B or B2C. You really want to Show up with the intention of helping your client solve a problem or achieve a goal rather than trying to pitch or sell something. Okay. That is the common language of the best salespeople is they don't, it doesn't feel to the customer like they're being sold. It feels like to the customer that they're sharing their world in that this person is interested in learning about them. So what I always tell people is be interested, not interesting. In other words, the more you can show up with curiosity, interest, and really trying to understand the world of your clients, the more interesting you are going to become to them. Okay. So don't try and impress, don't try and pitch, don't try and, you know, show up and, and wow them, right. Or else like you're going to lose them instead, just leave your ego at the door and be really curious and interested. And if you can't help them, then go in and it's your obligation to get them to, to sign up because you know, it's in their best interest. And then again, closing becomes the easiest part of the sale. So I think that to me is like really key in, in terms of, you know, some of the, the commonalities across all these different, you know, different schools of sales is like, if you're if you're selling keynotes, for example, and, and you want to go in and, and position yourself as the keynote speaker for their annual conference, you're going to want to know like what is the biggest problems that your employees are facing today that you want the keynote to address. Where are struggles? What do people want to learn about? What are they asking for? What would you consider successful if they walked away from? What would you want the energy to be? What is the biggest thing? Why'd you reach out to me? Why'd you reach out to me as a potential speaker, right? So it's really, you're you're trying to uncover their goals and what success looks like to them. And then you tailor your messaging around how you're going to help them. Because if you don't know what they want first or what they're trying to achieve or what their problems are, then your pitch is going to fall flat. So I think, again, that's really important. I want to give give some of those tips away, but that's that's the key. It's like, if you do I think that- That's the big thing people don't understand. Like they think of sales as like, being a, you know, a smooth talker and like, you know, having the right thing to say, like whatever, and just going, all you're doing is trying to really understand what their situation is and, and can you help? So, okay. So basically most of your leads come from your existing customers. 
They're all from content marketing. I know you content don't want to marketing. hear that, but no, they no, all, no, all I, I don't mind hearing that. That's what we <laughs> teach people how to do, right? Like that's, that's, I know that, especially in a B2C world, like content marketing, podcasting, social media, like, you know, email me, marketing, all that can stuff. I, can is, I walk you through exactly how I got my leads? Because I have 13 yeah. people on my wait list. So I'll tell you what my strategy is and, yeah. and just, hopefully your users can use it. So find the channel where your clients are. In mine, it's B2B, right? Salespeople. So it's LinkedIn. Or if you're, again, potentially selling to businesses and you're a personal brand and this resonates, this could be a source of lead traffic, this podcast, right? So fundamentally, find your source and go there where your clients are. So wherever that is, that's where you want to be most active. So anyone who I post every day on LinkedIn, okay, and people connect with me. So I'll get, you know, 50 connection requests a day. Every person that requests me, not that I'm requesting, but that, that raises their hand and says, I want to connect with you or follows you or whatever it is, depending on the channel you're on, I send them a message, right? Or actually I have a VA send it. And the message is simple. Hey, thanks for requesting me as a connection. If you're looking to grow sales, right? And I only send this to the people that are sales professionals because that's my ICP. I wouldn't send this to someone who is a marketer or a project manager, just the one. I'd say, if you're looking to grow your sales, here are three ways I can help. And I say, number one, I have an email newsletter that you can get new videos every week sent to. Number two, you want to capture the whole archive, go to my YouTube, subscribe here, and I have the link to subscribe. And then I say, number three, my coaching programs are completely sold out. But if you want to join the next coaching cohort, here's the waitlist link to work with me directly. On that waitlist link, I have my pricing laid out. I have the program laid out. And when they sign up, they know what they're getting. So when they sign up for the waitlist, they know what the investment is. They've already raised their hand. They filled out a form, right? And if I really want to basically call them or create true lead source, now I have 1,300 people that are teed up and I can set up calls with them and I would have them fill out a form before they book it to further qualify them and make sure they're a fit using, using Calendly. So that's kind of the way I've been doing it minus the calls because again, it's just me and I don't have a sales team right now, but that's exactly you know the strategy that I would use. Once that waitlist is ready for launch, then I'll warm up the, the waitlist. So I basically cap my enrollment, I cap my members, and then I have a, a, a nurturing campaign to everyone on the waitlist. Hey, it's coming. Get ready. Enrollment's in three months. Here are some success stories. Here's the curriculum. Hey, you have questions, just email me or reach out on LinkedIn. And so they're continuing to hear from me. It's not like five months and then they lost interest. I'm, I'm nurturing them. And then they're also on my newsletter getting continued content where I can build that trust. Then before I launch, I say, I only have 20 spots available, first come, first serve, put the link, and and, and then I make it you know, more of a, a time-based and, a, and, a, and a, cap, a member cap-based program where I've already done the math and I know how many people I need to hit you know, the target revenue goals for, for, for what I want to do. So that creates overwhelming demand because they need to get in and they know that it's a limited offer and there's only limited spots. So I, I love that versus just open all the time. Anytime you want it, just hop on a call. It's here when you, you're ready, right? So by the time I get to the launch, everyone's like literally dying to, to get in the program. So that's the strategy I've used and it's working really well so far. I love that. That's so great, man. I It's just so simple. I mean, it's just, you know, adding value and building trust and then just letting people raise their hand and say when they're ready, we are, we're evergreen. Like we always, we're like an evergreen open option. So it's always interesting to see like how people use the launch strategy to, to sort of like build the demand. And, and there is always that more natural urgency in a launch model than with the evergreen. And if you're doing an evergreen model, you gotta, you gotta have some type of urgency for something. I really love that. So Ian, uh, one last thing here. 
I already, so I already told everybody, by the way, go to brandbuildersgroup.com slash Ian Cognac. We'll connect you to Ian where you can like download some of his free trainings and, and be plugged in with everything that he's going, he's got going on. His last name is K-O-N-I-A-K, Cognac. Before I let you go, a few tips on closing, like uh, any other tips on like, if you're in an active conversation, I know you're not doing calls now, but you've done years and years of calls. And, and I think when you're selling enterprise or when you were doing B2B, like even when you're selling copiers, like that's still a big decision. How do you bring people to a decision quickly on when, especially like high dollar offers, right? So whether you're selling, you know, millions of dollars of CRM software, or you're selling them a copier that's tens of thousands of dollars or a consulting program or a coaching program, any, any tips or advice on, like you said, if you've done a good job asking the questions and listening to their need and, and, and that this is the easiest part. So what would you say about closing? I, I think again, I just shared this. I, I'll I'll give three tips that I, I think work well. But the premise is if you are attached to an outcome and you need to get the sale, you are going to show up as needy and you're going to have commission breath and commission mm. breath stinks. So, like above all else, the tone and the energy you need to bring is one that this is for you, it's not for me. This is going to help you. If you want to do it, great. I'm here. And if you don't, hey, that's your decision. No no sweat off my back. I'm here to help. But honestly, some people can't help themselves. You lead them to water and you can't hold their head and force them down to drink. They need to go down and want to drink themselves. So I think that is a mindset shift more than anything else in, in realizing like, hey, I don't need this to feel worthy. I don't need them to sign up. Okay. This is good for them. And if they miss it, it's their loss. So that's, that's kind of the underlying energy. Now, as far as like strategies or closing tips, I think it's really important. And this goes without saying, if you're, if you're selling business to business, so if you're selling a keynote or or to a company, you need to be dealing with the decision maker directly. So never Mm. take no from someone who can't say yes. So if if, if they're not paying Mm. for the keynote, you need to get to the people who are deciding what speakers are there and who are, who are paying for it, right? Versus somebody who's just collecting information on all the speakers, right? You need to make sure you're dealing with the heads of that department. So anytime I was selling coaching or training to a company or a keynote to a company, I need to make sure I find out first and foremost, who is the key decision maker? How is this decision made? I have a framework that I use that I'm going to give you called predict selling. So predict selling stands for P is the problem. What problem are you solving? Okay. That's the P. You need to make sure you know the problem. Okay. The R is really important. It's it's the why, the reason. Why do they want to do this? Okay. What's in it for them? What outcomes is going to help them achieve? That's the that's the R stands for reason. Okay. The E is engagement. Are they engaged? Okay. In other words, go get their cell phone. Here's another tip. I'll probably give you five five tips on this one acronym. The E is go get their cell phone. Get on a text thread. Rory, you and I are on a text thread now. If even if I don't have anything to ask of you, I'll share a win. I'll share a voice note. I'll share a, a memo, right? Because I want you to think of me 
right? In general, and, and stay top of mind for you. You want to do the same thing with your clients. Drive engagement. Get on text thread with them and have a relationship, okay? D is decision maker and decision process. Make sure you are dealing directly with the decision maker. That is above and beyond the number one in B2B way. You need to make sure you're dealing with the right person who can say yes, and you need to understand their decision process, right? Does it have to go to a committee? When is it going to be decided? Do you have to do legal contracts? Is there a purchasing department? Right? You need to understand, especially if you're selling as a personal brand to businesses, there are many layers of approvals that people have to go through. So that's the second D in, in, is decision process, okay? The I is impact. If they work with you, what is the impact? What are the results? What is the payoff they're going to get, right? So show mm -hmm. them the value. That's the I is impact. The C is cost of inaction. If you don't do this, right? What is that going to cost you? Are you going to continue to be in pain? What happens if nothing changes in a year, right? Really get them to say, hey, let's say you do nothing. What is your life going to look like in three months, in six months, in one year? Very, very powerful. Tony Robbins uses that quite a bit to get people to want to change, right? Because ultimately sales is getting people to change what they're doing. So what is it going to cost you if, it, you if you don't do anything, right? There's hard costs and there's opportunity costs. And then the last thing, T is timeline. Why now? Why is it important for you to do this right now? What's driving this on your side? Maybe there's a product launch. Maybe they're hiring some new salespeople. Maybe, you know, they, they're getting married, wh whatever it is, like find out why now is relevant for them to enroll in your service. So if you can go through predict and have all those questions answers, by the time you get to close, it's going to be natural. And you're going to basically say, great, well, it sounds like we can help you. There's a lot in it for you. The timing is perfect. Let's go ahead and get started. All I need is your authorization, right? So then ask for the business, right? Which is basically ask them to buy. Tell them how to buy and then ask them to buy, right? A lot of people are afraid to just ask them. So you just be direct and ask them. And then if they hesitate, they need to think about it. Don't get off the call. Find out like, hey, we're here now. Do you mind me asking, plain and simple, what is it exactly that you need to think about? What is it specifically that is causing you hesitation? It sounds like everything we talked about is a great fit, but I believe in full transparency. Would you mind sharing what it is? So be really direct and get to you know the true objection and then address, address it, right? That's the bottom line. Address it directly, work with them, make it a win-win. And ideally, if it's not a fit and they walk away, you know what? It's their loss. No attachment. Their loss. Plenty of fish in the sea. Go after someone else. Like, no big deal. I Move on. I love quick. it. I love it. Predict, predict, predict. I love your framework. I see your modular. I see your captivating content, modular content method frameworks. I love it. Building, building out the. So good, Ian. It's so good. Y'all, again, brandbuildersgroup.com forward slash Ian Cognac. If you want to learn more about Ian. If you're looking for some sales coaching, Ian has you know, obviously got a wait list, but somebody that we highly recommend. And man, I just love this brother. I'm I'm so excited about the journey. It's been such a blessing to know you and see you early in your career, rising as a salesperson, a sales manager, joining one of the top sales organizations in the world, becoming number one, now teaching people how to sell because you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. And that's you, brother. So thanks for being here, Ian. We we believe in you, brother. And just keep going out there and, and keep keep serving and keep selling. Thanks for having me, Rory. And thanks for all you do for everyone out there that's trying to get their message for for so many people. You're making a huge impact in in, in my life and in my families and all of my customers as a ripple effect of what you've put together. So I appreciate you just as much. Thanks, brother. Thank you so much. 
That's all we've got for this episode of the Influential Personal Brand Podcast. But here's some great news. One of the most valuable things you can do to help us and other new potential listeners to find our show is for you to both rate this show and leave a review. So as a special bonus for you, if you leave us a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, take a screenshot of your review and email it to podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. We will give you free 30-day access to 25 of our most popular interviews on video in your own private members-only area. So go right now, rate us, review us, and then send a screenshot of it into podcast at brandbuildersgroup.com. And we'll get you set up with free access to our most popular video interviews all in one place. Also, just please share, share, share this podcast with anyone who you think might enjoy it. And until next time, remember that building a business isn't nearly as valuable as building a reputation. 